Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Believe in Commanders. I am your host, Brian Murphy, along with AAA Anthony Armstrong, Atlanta, Texas. It is Thursday afternoon. We're getting ready for a weekend of football uh, where the Commanders will face old friend Kirk Cousins. But first off, Anthony, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. It's a live studio audience on this episode of Believe in Commanders. We got my little guy Arrow over here. He's having a little lunch. He's he's eating on a croissant right now. There we he's go. a fancy little guy. Um, but man, it's it's uh it's all good. Everything is good over here. And get to do a little high school football tonight okay. too. I'm gonna nice. go be the color uh on uh, the Alito versus Fort Worth Brewers. So if anybody is from Texas, if you if you don't know anything about Texas, oh, I just had a dog hit my camera and messed up my angle. If you're watching the video, and this, this is live, folks. Um, no, so basically, high school football is king down here in Texas, and uh, I get to go and be the color uh, color analyst for the Alito versus Fort Worth Brewer game. So that that's going to be fun. That's not on any of your betting sites, though. There's no ah, betting on high school bummer. sports. Okay. It's not on bet online, but everything else is. That's right. Everything else. Everything else. I'll tell you a little bit about bet online. So basketball is back and bet online. It remains to be your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You're always going to find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, bet online features a live betting free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code. The promo code is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Yes, indeed. I like Bet Online. It's got it's got a lot of uh, every time I go in there, I kind of play with more of the features and see what else is available. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good things on there. We obviously run the triple uh, AAA parlay um, on that thing. Oh Lord, this is breaking news, Brian. Ooh. Thirty-seven minutes ago, it was posted. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is interested in purchasing the Washington Commanders. Um, and he's interested in partnering with Jay-Z wow. to get it done. I, yeah. Wow. That's that's something. Yeah. Those are two huge names that uh, not just sports fans, not just music fans. Everybody knows those names. So that would be a huge deal. I think Jeffrey Bezos probably would be the odds-on favorite to uh, buy the team. But to partner with Jay-Z, that would be quite the pairing and probably a, a good business move. Uh, for both of those guys to, to be in the NFL. Uh, absolutely. I mean, 
Jay Z is is a guy who's definitely connected to the culture. He's going to be able to connect with the with the the younger players on the team. People look up to Jay Z. Listen to Jay Z. That's pregame music. You know what I mean? One of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, obviously, he was a owner had ownership in Nets, mm-hmm. uh, Rock Nation Sports, um, and just a consummate businessman. And he's already partnered with the NFL to you know help uplift and bring uh, some more life to the Super Bowl halftime show. So him getting into the ownership realm definitely makes a lot of sense and. Him partnering with Jeff Bezos, that's just that's that's electric. It it would be interesting to see if uh Jeff Bezos could keep the Amazon Prime Thursday night game. We know that Amazon has jumped into that and taken over on Thursday night. They even have plans to have a Black Friday game next year. Um, is that a conflict of interest? It'd be interesting to see. I don't know how that would work, but uh you gotta be excited about the the possibilities of this team being sold and being sold to a couple of big names like that. It'll certainly be exciting to watch and something to monitor um, over these coming weeks and months or however long it takes. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's definitely some that threw us off, off schedule. Yeah. That's not even what we came over here yeah. to talk about. Well, we it, did, it, we did our little, broke. we did a few minutes yesterday on the whole ownership thing. That's a, uh, that's old news. Now the, the next news will be when it is finally sold. Um, like you said, there there are def- different guys that we're seeing pop up as potential buyers. Um, but like Terry McLaurin, like Ron Rivera, like other guys have said, it is on to Minnesota. And so that's what we we're planning on doing. So a little, little bit of ownership news there, but now it's a big test on the field. And that's Kirk Cousins and the Vikings coming to town. Uh, not a lot of fans, I think, are, are big uh, Kirk Cousins supporters nowadays. They felt like Uh, He was underwhelming his time here and kind of left on a sour note. Uh, But the commanders have a chance to get their fourth win in a row, and it would be sweet to do it against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, who are one of the hottest teams. They are 6-1. and Their only loss is to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are undefeated. So this Vikings team is playing really well. A lot of playmakers all over the field on offense and defense. They're going to be a tough matchup this Sunday. They definitely will be a tough matchup. I think it's a more of a difficult matchup for um, Washington's uh, defense going against that offense. Dalvin yeah. Cook, very talented running back. Kirk Cousins, we know who he is. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, one of the most electric receivers in the game right now. Uh, and, uh, Adam Thielen, is he going to be out there? We're not sure. And then right. you got to add the fact that they did just trade for TJ Hawkinson, even though they don't utilize the tight ends that often. He's still a talented player, and you've already seen him once. But the biggest thing that's in Washington's favor is the fact that you know who Kirk Cousins is, even though you know it wasn't the same coaching staff. uh, There's always something whenever you have a team, a player who's coming back to play his old team. Yeah, I think Ron Rivera said, and I I didn't check his math or check the history, that only three guys are left that played with Kirk Cousins. I know for sure that two of them are – Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, if I'm not mistaken. So two guys that will be going after Kirk Cousins kind of know his tendencies, like you said. Uh, they, they have a chance to, to hit him, and if you hit him, you can force him into some mistakes. I think he's played really well this season, but we know that he can kind of turn back into a pumpkin, right? He looks really good for a long time. He looks good uh, in streaks, and then he'll have that come-to-earth game. And who knows? Maybe it's in Washington uh, you know, it's going to be a blackout. The, the, the commanders are wearing their all black jerseys. Hopefully all the fans will be in black. So hopefully get a bit of an atmosphere there. And you know that they're going to let Kirk Cousins hear it. Maybe you can affect him and, and cause him to cough the ball up once or twice. And that, that could change. It changes any game, but it can especially change the game against a good football team. Absolutely. And it's 
you know that you're going to get a, a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook and then play oh, yeah. action is what's going to make this offense go. And and Washington, the defense is really, really well suited to, to go against the run. I think they're sixth against the run right now in the season, oh, performing geez. really well. It's exciting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, big yes, deal. it is. The defensive line is getting after the quarterback as well. So those two mm-hmm. things can really help tilt uh, the favor to Washington. I mean, the defense has allowed under 22 points in the last four games. Uh, so they're they're really hitting their stride, and I think they have a chance to improve. Uh, and knowing the fact that you know where your targets are, uh, the people you really need to circle and pay attention to, the guy in the backfield wearing number four, and the, uh, the kid outside is going to do the gritty if you let him get to the end zone. Those are the two people you got to focus on. And I think if you can limit those guys' effectiveness in the game, you're going to have a lot of success uh, against this uh, offense. Yeah, if you can limit those guys, I think you can live with, you know, TJ Hawkinson having six or seven catches, Adam Thielen having a few yards. But, yeah, those two, four and 18, are the guys you have to look out for. And then uh, Kirk Cousins looked like Lamar Jackson last week, had like a 17-yard touchdown run. Um, so he, he's he's mobile enough, but you just got to play sound like this defense has really done over the last couple of weeks. Limit the big plays uh, that we know – that the Vikings are capable of, and then uh, go out there and try to slow them down a little bit. Um, I think that the def- uh, I'm sorry, I think that the offense might have some chances against this Vikings team. It seems like a couple of the Vikings games have been shootouts, so I like the chances for Taylor Heineke to get in a rhythm, uh, get his backs involved, but then you know get Terry McLaurin involved early and often, which has kind of been the struggle throughout the year. You know, he's had big plays, but it hasn't been throughout the entire game. It's kind of been late in the game. This could be a really good chance to to get Terry McLaurin involved early and often and and try to get some rhythm going. I know that Taylor Heineke talked about the fact that the offense has has to be more consistent to help the defense out. They need to sustain some drives. um, And, you know, you might have a good chance to do that here against a a Vikings defense that kind of is like a, bend but don't break at the I think at the end of the the game they make a couple of plays but throughout the game you can have them a couple of times and there might be a chance for the offense to to get some things rolling give the defense a break against a tough offensive unit too uh 100 oh my god i agree agree. i'm totally with you he is with it he's totally in agreement. the the defense for minnesota the best part about them is their pass rush they're able to get to the quarterback and generate some pressure so zadarius smith has like eight sacks eight and a half sacks on the year so he's effective you have to make sure you pay attention to where he is and block him up but outside of that there is opportunity to be had yeah, we know Harrison Smith can jump in there and c- cause some turnovers. I think he had a late interception last week. Uh, but, yeah, if you let that pass rush get to you, you know you can make some some mistakes. Hopefully Taylor Heineke's mobility can allow him to extend a couple of plays and uh, maybe get Zadarius Smith to be a little over-aggressive, open up some running lanes underneath passes. Um, so I-, I like the offensive chances. It's really going to come down to – can, can those tackles hold up against Zadarius Smith and company? And I think, can you slow down? I don't think you're ever going to stop Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, but can you slow them down? I think those are the two key overarching uh, matchups to look out for in this one. And I, I think that the way to – slow down that defense is to have a balance on offense mm-hmm. you know and i went back and listened to our episode uh you know breaking down the game against the colts and i said i wanted more out of the running game but i went and looked at the stats it was about 31 passes and 28 rushes so it was very balanced attack yeah. 
even though, yeah, he didn't get, you know, somebody rushed for over 100 yards. I think the leading rusher was 29. Uh, it's not very exciting, but that type of play call balance um, and the way that they were able to push that defense back helped have, make that running game be effective, even though, you know, the yards weren't too high. So having that balance will keep those guys off balance. Uh, have, having the balance on offense will keep the defense off yeah. balance. Uh, you're not sure what to get. And there'll be some holes out there. There's some opportunities to be had because uh, Patrick Peterson is their best cornerback. Um, and, you know, he's a great player. He's been in the league a long time. Yeah. Uh, but, but he's going to have a lot of people going at him. Is he going to cover Terry McLaurin all day? Uh, or, or, what? you know, what is he going to do? So it's going to be something to pay attention to. Yeah, and I think I think that's key. I think it's just not being predictable because I think they did run the ball a lot, like you said. I went back and looked. We talked about the the first down where they were averaging over seven yards a play on first down. When it got to second down, something went wrong there. And I went back and looked, and of their first 10, 10 second downs, that's that's all I looked at. Eight of them were runs. So I hope that Scott Turner mixes it up a little bit. You don't have to throw it on second down every time. You don't have to throw it on first down every time, but you can't be predictable. I think that'll be key to keeping this this defense kind of guessing what's going to come next. Maybe you run in some pass situations and you pass on first down in some run situations. Mix it up a little bit. I think Scott Turner called a, has called a couple of good games here, but now it's kind of time to not show off your tendencies and kind of mix it up as best as you can. Yeah, I mean, we're halfway through the season, so there's plenty of tape. Teams know, you pointed out, out of just 10, 10 uh, second downs that they were majority were runs. Teams know those things. I remember getting uh, scouting reports on teams, and they were like, they run cover two man on third down 22% of the time. So mm. whenever we're in third down, you can anticipate cover two man. Um, you know, so you could prepare yourself like that. You, you know what teams are going to lean to do and uh, the really good defenses take advantage of those, those opportunities. Yeah. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to, to see what the commanders do. This is a measuring stick game. I mean, every game in the NFL is, but you know, you won three in a row, you're back to 500, get an upset here against a hot team, make them, make them respect you here and get to five and four and things are looking pretty. Um, so this is a, this is a big game for the commanders. One that, you know that they're, they've probably circled for a while now. Uh, as much as there's not a whole lot of connection to Kirk Cousins left, you, you know you definitely want to beat a former player. That's got to be uh, got to be a, a priority. And not to mention Kevin O'Connell, right. former quarterbacks coach. He's only there for a short time, but his quarterback and at the time, yeah, yeah. But who was his quarterback? Kirk Cousins. That's right. So, I, I think Kirk is being able to benefit from you know familiarity in the coach and um, him being able to put that running game in, into effect and really be able to capitalize with Dalvin Cook. Well, that, you bring up a good point. I think Ron Rivera had the chance to keep Kevin O'Connell. He was the offensive coordinator, uh, Jay Gruden's last year. Jay Gruden was fired midway through the season. Kevin O'Connell, I think, did some okay things with the young Dwayne Haskins. He had Case Keenum, not a whole lot of playmakers there. Um, but I think Ron Rivera, if I remember correctly, had the chance to keep Kevin O'Connell around. I think they kind of did a makeshift interview, and he decided for whatever reason that Kevin O'Connell wasn't the guy. That one, I mean, Kevin O'Connell's looked pretty good. He went to L.A. He's looked pretty good here as a head coach. This could be a big moment in the Ron Rivera um, kind of timeline of things because this guy could very easily still be in your building. 
Yeah, it comes kind of comes full circle. But I mean, if if uh, Coach Rivera has a relationship with you know Scott Turner, you know from sure. the past, I mean, hey, you got to be real. Uh, yeah, you're probably trying to help you're trying to help your guy move up a little bit. You know, he believes in Scott Turner and what he did before, and knows how he's going to work. And you know, now I guess this is this is one of those games where you get to say how do these two guys match up. You know, but yeah, um, it'll it'll be a good game. I do think it's a I do think it's a, a, a winnable game. I say this. I feel like I say this every week yeah. because I do think I do think every game is winnable. I don't think that every. I agree. You know, there, sure there may be you know ten things that need to happen, but if those ten things would happen, right? Like, right. You, know, you can have some faith, and we can at least try to say, hey, if we're going to go with the best case scenario, what would have to happen? Um, and that's generally what my recipes end up being. So, I think yeah. this is a winnable game. Um, I, I would, I would have more, um, I would have more pause about it if if Minnesota's defense was more on the Philly scale. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got one part of it down, but that's that that secondary, the back half, there's not as much of uh, not, not as many playmakers back there. No disrespect to Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson, uh, but you know, compared to what Philly was doing, mm-hmm. you, you can see there's a difference. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, those guys are up there in years. You already mentioned Patrick Peterson. I know Harrison Smith's been around for the better part of ten years or, or close to it. So yeah, there's definitely a chance for the playmakers to to, to make something happen there. Speaking of Jahan Dotson, didn't practice again today. Um, I, I saw something that it sounded like Scott Turner was uh, optimistic that he'll be back soon. I don't know that he'll play again. He hasn't practiced now for two straight days. I guess we'll see what happens the the rest of the week. I guess that all that's left is Friday. But um, that. He'll, he'll, I keep saying he's going to be a big boost whenever he comes back. So I'm glad they're playing it slow, but uh, you would love to have him out there. And then Cole Holcomb again, mispracticed. David Mayo as well. JD McKissick limited was Logan Thomas and Shaka Tony. So a couple of guys banged up, but not a huge, not, not huge names missing out there. But it sounds like maybe Cam Curl is going to be wearing the green dot again. I like the way that that looked, and I thought the defense had. A uh, really solid showing, so you, you know that they can adapt and, and make it through, even if a couple guys are not there that you're used to. I think that's a great idea of keeping Cam calling those plays, um, yeah. even when. And like I said last time, even when uh, Cole Holcomb comes back, just let let Cam do it. That way, you just have one voice, mm-hmm. one voice that's saying it. And you know, Cole's still gonna know what to do. It doesn't mean he can't help. Right. You know, adjust people up front if need be, but. Hey, just just have one voice, and then and the defense has been playing well uh, since Cam has taken over, uh, has been back one, and then obviously last game the, the, the team played well, uh, did well also. Yeah, only four percent of universities in the U.S. are R one research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means one hundred percent of students have the opportunity to participate in hands on learning and research with world class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Absolutely. Well, so also news, uh, William Jackson III was traded to the Steelers. A couple of late-round picks swapped there. You already mentioned TJ Hawkinson going from the Lions to the Vikings. Uh, ton of big deals across the NFL. What a crazy day. I, I wrapped up our uh, recap show saying I didn't think much would happen. <laughs> Wrong there. Yeah, there was a, record. a whole lot. I mean, it was going left and right. I was refreshing my phone and something was happening. All kinds of stuff happening on uh, Tuesday uh, for the trade deadline. It was a record day 
in the NFL for trade deadline day of the deadline deals. Ten. Ten of them. Wow. You kidding me? That's a lot. Now, um, you know, we're asking people ask me, who are the winners and losers of this trade deadline? And really, if you wait a couple of days and you take the news that Bradley Chubb just signed that extension with Miami, that's my number one winner of this whole entire trade deadline. The yeah. way that they turned the, the Trey Lance trade and they made it a Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and now Bradley Chubb. Those are three dynamic players, and Mike McDaniel's has that. Mike McDaniel has that offense looking amazing. Yeah. Now you lock up a, a a great pass rusher like Bradley Chubb. Now you have a team that's set up for the next three, four, five years. And a minor deal that they also completed was Jeff Wilson. So he got another guy that he already knows to pair once again with Raheem Mostert. And yeah, that Miami that Miami team looks like it's clicking. Looks like the defense was the side that was lacking a little bit, and I think they realized that. Uh, they might not catch the Bills, which I don't think anybody is in the AFC, but the, the Miami Dolphins are definitely going to be a team to reckon with because you got to be able to stop them and with that many playmakers all over the place. Gasicki having another big game last week. Tua's just got to kind of throw it up and someone will be there. So, yeah, I love what the Dolphins did. It's easy to say that they're – for me, I agree. I think they're the winners. Like you said, getting the long-term deal locked down was key because I think that was part of it. Um, but yeah, getting a stud like Bradley Bradley Chubb to go with, um, you know, some of the other guys that they already have there, Xavier Howard, and on that defense, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting to see. And I think that they're loading up not just for this year but for the future. Um, so we mentioned Hawkinson, also in the uh, NFC North. Uh, Chase Claypool goes to the Bears, hopefully getting uh, Justin Fields some uh, uh another weapon or a, a legit number one wide receiver the bears yeah. were also involved in a roquan smith deal i think that that happened like right as we were recording more um, breaking news yeah so that was uh that was big and and then the ravens on top of it got two guys back from injured reserve so they basically got a whole starting linebacking core on the trade deadline uh, I think you said it last time. They they just do everything right, and they they get it right every single time. So it's hard not to like what they're doing there. Um, what were the, some of the other ones? Uh, Chase, Chase Edmonds went over in that Bradley Chubb deal to Denver. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's upset. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going from a really good offense to an offense that's been stalling, but Chase Edmonds might end up being their starter. I mean, Latavius Murray, they had picked up him up. Uh, off the scrap heaps, Melvin Gordon has been in and out of the lineup. Chase Edmonds could end up being the guy in Denver. Um, Naheem Hines, the commanders convinced the Colts to kind of blow it up a little <laughs> bit there. They fired their offensive coordinator and then also traded the uh, guy that scored the one touchdown in that game. So Naheem Hines to the Bills, he's got to be feeling pretty good about that. And he the, is happy. Yeah, the Falcons made a trio of deals. They they got Rashad Fenton, or yeah, Rashad Fenton from the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Sent Dean Marlowe to the Bills, and then a kind of surprising one—a name we've forgotten a while, uh, for a while this year. Calvin Ridley sent to the Jaguars, not eligible to play, suspended this year, but a nice little weapon for Trevor Lawrence in the future. I like Calvin Ridley. I do uh, too. Yeah, he's just a talented route runner, and I mean the way that you know Christian Kirk has been looking this year. I mean, we're being real, but with it, mm -hmm. um, you. Can they're going to have a couple of really good route runners that are going to be down there to, to just generate some offense. Yeah, Travis Etienne, I think he ran for like 150 a couple of weeks ago. Yep. I mean, the Jags, man. Yeah. That's, that's something. Now, that, now, I, I, I'm sorry. This is, this is, I know I've seen a lot of posts where people say it doesn't take a long time to turn some teams around. 
Um, that is true. That is true. But you got to you still have to build that sucker out. You know what I mean? You still have to build it out. Jags have made a lot of plays and they've frankly been bad for a long time and, ha- and were able to scout some good players and keep them on, in the building. Um, yeah. This last offseason, they've really stepped it up and yeah. uh, brought and in some had, players. Out. And they had to clean out a lot of that stink from Urban Meyer last year. I mean, thankfully, he got you Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, but just kind of what he did in one season, that t- that's going to take a couple seasons just to turn around already. They've kind of been underwhelming this year, but you can see the pieces and you can see things that are going to start to come together. So it's always interesting with these trade deals. You kind of want to see a, an immediate impact, but then you look at all the – the draft picks that that you know changed hands, and you know those are going to turn into guys as well. Um, we, we mentioned all the the deals that happened on the trade deadline day, and we can't forget you know um, Kadarius Tony, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Robbie Anderson, Deion Jones. Some of those guys were traded traded before the deadline, so there are a lot of moving pieces. Teams look a whole lot different. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, these new guys affect their their new teams in the second half of the season. I think this has got to be the most exciting time. I mean, yeah. I don't recall. I mean, the NFL has been on fire since the playoffs last year. And these uh, this trade deadline definitely did not disappoint. This is one of the few times where there's multiple teams where they really do look different. They're going to look yeah. different going into the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some teams are going to be able to. They're thinking they're building for the future, and some teams are trying to make some some changes to have an impact right now. And I'm excited for the second half of the year. I, you know, I think there's going to be some shuffling and jostling, but as as close as some of these teams are in some divisions, these some of these trades, like that Bradley Chubb trade, might be what uh, you know Miami needs to really you know jump up and, and try to gain some ground. Yeah, I saw someone say that, like, you know, the Chiefs a couple years now have brought in a veteran pass rusher to help in the playoffs. We know that Buffalo um, this year and the Rams last year brought in Von Miller. This could be the kind of move, like you said, that uh, does Bradley Chubb make a huge impact uh, maybe, you know, for the rest of the season, but into the playoffs as well, depending on who they match up with. Because the best way to beat a good quarterback is to have a good pass rush and put him under duress. So, yeah, big stuff, big moves there. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I have a question for you as a former player. I don't know. Um, I feel like trading players has become a little more of a thing more recently. But what do you do as a teammate or as a member of a team when a guy who is obviously looking for a trade does not get that uh, request uh, granted? I'm thinking of Cam Akers, who now is, I guess, back in the fold at running back for the Rams after they tried to trade him. Uh, Brandon Cooks made very clear that he was expecting to be traded. Uh, Didn't happen. As far as I know, he's not playing tonight for the Texans. How do you handle that as a as a teammate, as, um, you know, just a member of the team? What do you say? What do you do? How do you go about that? I I can say you look at it two ways. And I think. Um, if you're in the building and you kind of know some of the scenarios, it just depends, right? So if, if you're a team that's in the hunt and, and you have a guy who like checks out and doesn't want to be a part of it, that's frustrating. You probably say, man, that's that's selfish. It's hella yeah. selfish um, that, that you're doing that. And it's like you understand, though, on the flip side, everybody's trying to do their business. You know, they're trying to, you know, do what's best for them and their family. And, and, and I get that. Uh, so if, if it's something at the detriment of the team, yeah, you're like, man, that's a little selfish. But on the flip side, if I'm the, if I'm the second person, but I'm behind them, I'm like, hell, that's an opportunity. 
I get to get on the field. I get to go and show what I can do. Um, and then it'll, it'll make things right in the end. So it's just one of those things uh, that you generally stick to your business. And when it comes down to somebody else's business, what's going on with them in the front office, my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I got to think that most guys are professionals and, you know, they, they, they figure it out. They sort things out. Didn't happen how they wanted it to, but then you got to get back to work because you got to earn that paycheck. You hope that guys can see that and can kind of make things right, or at least kind of pull in the right direction. I just think it's got to be a little bit awkward when you know a guy didn't want to be there and then you're supposed to go out there and, and block for that guy or, you know, you know, catch a pass from that guy, whatever it may be. Well, see, the thing is though, like everybody still has to do their job, right? right. Hey, like the, you look at look at um, you know the uh, William Jackson. Yeah. You know they 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 said hey he, had, he has a back injury, and you know hey you're not gonna question somebody's injury, but you know they they kind of came to a mutual agreement like this is what's what's gonna be best for the team. Uh, so that's not you know that's not a bad thing. Um, but then the team was playing well, and and everybody probably knows that you know, you sometimes you know like man dude is not getting it done and you know you kind of had to commend the team for making those moves yeah well so a bunch of trades the commanders will be uh you know be down one guy that hasn't been playing and william jackson we'll see if uh tj hawkinson well it sounds like irv smith is going on ir so tj hawkinson sounds like he's gonna play so we'll see him uh for the second time hopefully they can shut him down but we'll see how all these trades affect the teams the second half of the season We'll see how the commanders do against the Vikings on Sunday. A big test against Kirk Cousins and those guys. Uh, we'll break it all down, however it goes, good, bad, or ugly on Sunday. But hopefully the blackout is a, is a, is a black eye for Kirk Cousins and the commanders can pull the upset. Gonna have a little juju going up there, man. They're gonna have to you know, try to make Kirk nervous. That's gonna be the goal. But yes, indeed, appreciate y'all. Uh, appreciate everybody over at Bet Online. Check out Bet Online. You can hit uh, hit them up. Go over there, betonline.ag. Use our promo code Believe B L E A V. Fifty percent welcome bonus. Uh, check us out on TuneIn as well. Stadium. Uh, you may even hear us on SiriusXM. Uh, so yeah. Arrow is pumped. I'm pumped too. You can check us out in all those spots. So we appreciate Bet Online for bringing you the show. We're gonna we're gonna stick around and do our picks, and I promise to to post them this week. I promise. I promise. I promise. Uh, but we'll stick around and do that. So if you're watching, stay tuned for that. If not, we'll talk to you on Monday or Tuesday as we wrap up the Vikings and Commanders. Be good, and thanks for checking us out. Peace out. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.